Welcome to the Authentic Dentist Podcast. Join Dr. Allison House of House Dental in Scottsdale and Sean Zayas, founder of Zana, a company helping dentists extend their care beyond the chair as they lead dentists deeper along the journey of authenticity to reach greater fulfillment in their professional lives and to deliver remarkable patient experiences. At the core of the authentic dentist is a belief that the answer to the current challenges in dentistry is dentists discovering that their greatest asset and point of differentiation is their personal brand and that forming that brand out of their authentic selves is the best strategy for success in dentistry today. So this podcast is brought to you by Zana, and Zana makes electric toothbrushes, but it's more than that. They have a program that'll grow your practice with their electric toothbrushes. Hey guys, this is Sean Zayas with The Authentic Dentist, and Unfortunately, you might notice that Dr. Allison House is not with me today. Um, just a shout out to her. She got sick with COVID and now is just taking care of her patients the way that uh, only she can. And just a shout out. She is one of the reasons why I am still in dentistry. Um, love what she's doing. Love what she's committed to. But today we have a very special guest, um, Michael Dinzio. And he is not just a fascinating guy for what he's doing in dentistry, um, and, and he's doing a ton of different things. So to, before I launch into that, Michael, just tell us a little bit, how did you even get into dentistry? Because dentistry is kind of a weird industry. Um, what is your story of stumbling into it? Well, thanks again, Sean, for having me on the show. This is a pleasure and a treat. Um, how I got into dentistry was was kind of by accident. Um you know, as a professional, there's always some cool story. Like maybe I have worked dentistry my whole life. My dad was a dentist or something. No, it, I, I literally was in a sub shop, you know, waiting for my lunch. And someone solicited me for a job to work for a bank that focused on lending to dentists. And at the time I was with a marketing firm and I'm just like, uh, I'm not sure if I'd like that. So anyways, long story short, way more than a decade later, I won't give my age, but, um, you know, financed tons of dentists and enjoyed the banking world of dentistry and then got a little burned out on it. And then that's when I flipped to consulting and I'm right where I need to be with consulting. I love it. So consulting, so started out kind of as a banker, uh, numbers guy, and now consultant practice management company, um, founder, how long have you been doing that? Gosh, well, consulting, um, five years, um, if you don't consider the banking stuff, you know, you, you, I found myself consulting through banking all the time, but officially with, with next level in our company, call it five years. Um, and yeah, found, founder of the company, but now we've got other teammates that fill in my gaps and we can discuss that, but yeah, I'm the numbers guy, the marketing guy the leadership guy, um, I guess, Mr. Energy. And so that that's what I bring to the team. So if there's one thing about dentistry um, that you feel like maybe isn't intuitive for, for a dentist, so whether it's a dentist um, starting up a scratch practice or a dentist maybe five, 10 years in, um, when they when they come to you for help, what is it that seems to maybe surprise them about the solution that you guys provide? What, like what, what, what could possibly be a blind spot that you're like, man, it's surprising, but somehow dentists don't typically think 
successful dentistry is going to require this? Yeah, two things. If I can say two things, you ask me what's one thing. Absolutely. I've got two. <laughs> you know, I think most, I can't speak for everybody that's listening to this, but uh, I would say in general, most people don't like numbers uh, in, in, in the world of dentistry. They like the science, they like clinical, they um, they, they like all of that cool, nerdy dental stuff, but th what they don't love is numbers just in general and, and, and being analytical in that way. Um, specifically when it's attached to money, <laughs> I don't know what it is about money, but money freaks them out. Maybe they just don't want to manage it. They don't, uh, they, they aren't paying attention to it and it, it's actually pretty easy to do that. So, so my first answer is the management of the business from a money perspective and how to potentially um, be better as a business owner. And then the second thing, um, which a lot of people mix up and that's leadership. And and I don't want to sound like cliche, like every consultant ever existed in our industry, but truly leadership. It's even something that I struggle, struggle with as being a good leader. And that is getting people influencing people in a positive way, uh, even when there's opportunities for for their employees and, and support partners to be better. It's 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 setting expectations, it's following through, it's being a good leader, it's being a good communicator. That that's that's the that's the next level stuff that they usually don't have most people don't have a ton of experience with. So Michael, I feel like you distilled it very, very clear clearly and and I love the first point you made, but that second point, I feel like kind of strips away, um, I don't know, so much of the fluff that I think maybe can lead dentists to get a little disillusioned. Like I can have a successful practice if I do great dentistry, I can have a successful practice um, just if I'm a great clinician and it kind of takes away the people element of it. Mm -hmm. And it's like at the heart of it, uh, mm -hmm a dental practice is a, is a business. And at the heart of every successful business is people. And no one person is going to be the, you know, I, I'm the solo stud that can just do it all, you know, um, as, as if I'm like, um, you know, Superman or something like that. Like, it's all about the strength of your team. And yeah. you hit it on the head when it's like, your team's only as great as your ability to really lead them and develop them. Mm -hmm. um, I would love to know over the last decade, what would probably be one of the greatest struggles you've had when it comes to leadership? Because I know you said that you you have struggled with that, as have I. Um, but specifically, what would be a struggle of yours in that area? Um, me personally? Yeah. Yeah, even as a consultant, we I can be super vulnerable. Um, I think that's I think being humble and 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 appreciating the things that you need to work on is what will make us all better. And I'll be the first one to tell you that. I got to work on this stuff every single day. As as a consultant, I'm also a producer, just like dentists are. You know, dentists are using their hands. I'm using my brain and my mouth and my words. But I get I get stuck in the producing all day and on calls and call 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 call. But there's a lot of other stuff I need to be focused on to grow my business, right? So if I'm stuck on calls all day, helping dentists and stuff that I love, how am I? How am I helping develop other coaches? So I think that the big thing here, and, and I, my partner once said, um, it stuck with me, is a great leader 
is someone that can teach someone to be a good leader who can teach someone to be a good leader. Three levels deep. Think about that for a second. It's hard enough to get your dental assistant to be a great leader, or maybe your office manager, make that office manager a great leader, who then can make their dental assistant a great leader, who will be the dental assistant lead for the other dental assistants. That's three level deep. So, I mean, you're coming from way up here at, at that level. How do you make your team be great leaders? And the caveat for you, Dennis, that are listening to that is most of these people make somewhere between 20 to $30 an hour. Forget the hygienist for a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But but the point, the point is, is you're making folks that are 20 to even $30 an hour, 40, maybe $40 an hour. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, playing that down, that talent level. I'm just simply saying you're you're asking a $25 an hour person to be a phenomenal leader for your business. That's tough. That's tough. Man, not only is that a challenge, but thinking about that three um, levels of leadership, um, one of the tensions that I hear, uh, whether you're just a business owner or a practice owner, is all about the frustration of, you know, my team is almost like so needy, almost because they have this like employee mindset versus like a you know a leadership entrepreneur um, CEO mindset of like it's on me, mm -hmm. uh, I have autonomy, I'm responsible, I have this area that I can exercise stewardship in, and I'm not needing my hand held. Um, versus sometimes the employee is kind of like what what are like if if I have a lack, it's because you didn't develop me or you didn't provide the resources or you didn't you know, the company is not developing me where the entrepreneur is like, I need to develop myself. Like, you know, um, and I think that's probably what a great leader does is they get their employees and their team to almost take more responsibility and more ownership for what they, the influence that they can have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like to, to blow your mind a little bit more folks is I, I think great leadership is, is being great at failing because let me let me step back if if my team fails then that means someone had a bad experience or uh, a miscommunication happened and we're supposed to be the best effective communicators of all time we're teaching people how to be great leaders and great communicators so if my team fails um that's a miss and boy that that sucks and so you know i could try to manage it all myself and know that there will never be a slip, but then I'll hit a point where I can't grow, right? Because I'm doing it all. Right. To me, failure, if I let my team fail and then I, I let them learn about that and I let go and then we put in some systems and some SOPs and maybe some verbal skills or maybe buy some software that catches it all, or like there's a hundred different ways to potentially solve a problem, but ultimately the learning experience is on the failure. And so we help our clients fail. If you think about it, because if they don't fail, there's no growth. If it's all on their shoulders, if they have to deliver the, the pre-op or the post-op and they can't rely on the dental assistant to deliver that, you know, then it's all on them. 
So you have to train that that dental assistant or whatever the situation is to oh. fail so that you can build on that. And then they become better in that moment, right? So failures, it's how you handle failure. I think that's, that is also fascinating, like failing intelligently. Um, I, like it's almost like as you were speaking, the way I saw it was like, you can try to hold things together and short term, you're going to have some element of uh, procedural, maybe excellence or things won't blow up. But long term, you're not actually getting people to be able to take charge. So then you can't scale. You really can't achieve like achieve the excellence that you could otherwise achieve. Yeah, going through that hardship of people having to really put themselves out there, fail, learn, and truly learn, so that they can be great. And now you can have this amazing team that's competent, not just this team that you are controlling, so that and mistakes don't happen. And relying on them. Like, it's just, okay, you know, mom and dad said we need to do this. You know, like, it's just a bunch of robots. And yeah, 100%. That, that's exactly what I'm, what I'm saying. So if you, if, if, you can, if you can train your team to be great leaders or, or one level down are a great leader, and then they can train people to be great leaders, just imagine what you could accomplish with that kind of team that thinks for themselves and solutions oriented and um, is great at failing, like you're, you're going to crush. I mean, I, I, I couldn't even imagine going three levels deep and, and having great leaders at that level. That's what you should all aspire to, to be and do. Yeah, that, that is so poignant. Okay. So I'm a young dentist. I'm excited about growing my practice. I start realizing that practice ownership is tough. <laughs> Maybe I don't understand exactly what I'm doing wrong. And now I find you guys, I'm talking to you what what um what bad thinking do dentists have that keep them sometimes from hiring you guys like like meaning mm. in what ways are they not understanding either the role of a consultant mm. um or in what ways maybe are that you know like is their mindset not either growth oriented to understand the concept of an investment just what pushback do you see and what advice would you give to a young dentist of this is how you should think about hiring a consultant i think the majority of the folks that we talk to are are totally game on for the help okay so they get it but they do but they're they're nervous about the team's reaction i think they're i think most people today are worried about the team and how they're going to react and i hope they don't leave and uh, is this consultant going to come in and just start blowing things up and change and um you know what I mean? Like, I, I think they all know that they're not good. Most of them aren't the best at business and most of them aren't the best at leadership. And I think, I think that, I mean, I, I'll do a practice analysis for free. That's my big give to even your audience. And I'll show you all the opportunity in your practice, how much hygiene you're leaving on the table, how, you know, why you're not collecting um, as, as well as you should, whatever the opportunity is in the practice. The, the business of dentistry is actually pretty easy. You know, I, I've worked in different industries in, in my career and the business of dentistry is not challenging. F frankly, it's, it's actually a very simple business. Um, so that's the easy part, diagnosing what's wrong and, and potentially what opportunities you have in front of you. Um, then it's like the implementation and how that gets implemented. And is it going to stick? And do I have the leadership to drive what the what the consultant wants us to do, 
because a consultant, I'm rambling at this point, sorry, sorry, but a consultant can only do so much. Right. You got to take on the, the majority of the responsibility of what they're bringing to you because right. you're not paying a consultant enough money to come in and manage your business for you. Right, right, right. That's right. called an office manager. Right. So you're you're prescribing, you are doing the uh, analysis, the assessment, and here's the prescription, but it's on the practice to get lift on that, those ideas uh, and to truly implement them. So you're saying the dentist often has a little bit of um, maybe just insecurity around, can I actually get this off the ground? So is the investment going to be worth it? Because I've tried in the past and it hasn't worked. I've come back from a trade show and I was really excited about this new software. And I told the team, and then three weeks later, it just went back to business as usual, where we couldn't really get that implemented. Sean, my, my one of my, yes. My favorite, one of my favorite quotes, and I can't even say who it is because I think it's been like one of these quotes that people regurgitate yeah. and change, right? So yeah. I'm not sure who the founder is of this. So uh, asterisks right there, but um, ideas are great, but implementation is he like heaven or whatever. Like everybody's got ideas, but if you don't execute, they're a bunch of just coffee talk. Right. So, so being entrepreneurial, you understand, I, I'm talking with people all the time and um, they, they tell me that they have an idea and I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's exciting. I, I love to hear it. And they, you know, start clamming up a little bit and, and I'm like, well, what is it? And they're like, well, I, I don't really have an NDA ready for you to sign. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> like you don't understand ideas are cheap. Like, yeah, yeah. They're, they're a dime a dozen. There's yes. some, it, it's the ability to actually bring it to market. And even, even if um, I have a really awesome idea and I share it with a few people, if they also bring that same idea to market, they are going to, I can use their marketing dollars to educate people. And then hopefully I can, I can win the business. Like yeah. it's not even a bad idea for there to be healthy competition. No, like the idea of people wanting no competition. It's like, oh. no, it, it, it's a big marketplace out there and a big space <laughs> to compete. And if someone else is going to, throw dollars at educating people on what the idea is that you want them to have. It's not like you're going to lose that. That's just going to help the whole idea spread. Well, it's funny. You, I love that idea that, that, so what you just called, what you just described was an abundant mentality, right? You guys have all heard of, a, of an abundant uh, mentality. It's, it's so true. Like, um, I, 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 I think that it, you know, I think that's the different I'll rip on, some of some consultants out there. I'll, I'll rip on my own kind. It's, it's kind of fun to do that, but I'll interview somebody or someone will start working for us and they'll be like, you know, we'll find a, a chink in our armor. Oh, well, we, we need that SOP or let's, let's come up with some verbal skills, some fresh ones. Like we've got some old ones, but why don't you come up with some fresh ones and make a, a document on that, you know? And they'll be like, well, that's my, that's my property then. Like if they after, after wanted to leave or like scheduling to goal, what's the, what's the right way? What's the philosophy or, or whatever the dental consulting thing is. Yeah. Everybody thinks they have some like trademark on these ideas of how to schedule a goal. No, no, we, everybody's teaching the same thing. The reality is, is, is how it gets executed and what accountability and how are we trying to create better leaders in our, in our clients? So it's not really the consultant themselves and the knowledge, but it's, can you motivate? Are you an influencer? 
can you hold hold accountability? So, so yeah, I mean, back to your original question at the end of the day is, is yeah, are you going to get an ROI with help? And that could be a consultant, a CPA, a piece of equipment, some marketing. It could be any decision in your practice. You have to decide, if I invest in this, what do I get out of it? And I am telling you, if you're going to invest in a consultant, be ready to, to inspire change, to yep. lead your team through that. And if you do with their help, you're going to take your business to the next level. You just will, period. But if you're going to hire them, just expecting them to do that for you, yeah, don't even hire us. It doesn't even make sense. No, I, I think that's so right on. Um, Jeff Bezos, one of the things I learned from him, uh, my brother actually told me this, is that he is fine making a decision with only 70% certainty, um, which means he's fine with 30% uncertainty. Mm-hmm. That is something I do not believe a dentist is typically okay with. No. I think they want like 95, 98. They want to know that there's the test, there's the studies. Like, if I go with you, it's a guarantee. And it's like, look, um, risk and our tension with embracing risk is the name of the game in business. Mm-hmm. This isn't a science. Now, you don't play that same game in someone's mouth when it comes to the clinical side, which is much more of a science. But the art of business, the market is constantly moving. Totally. And you have to take risks and spend money to make money. You have to invest yeah. 50 to 100,000 in hopes that you will get back 150 and 200 and play the long game. That's right. Um I, I love what you're saying Michael. The, cl- so who, the, cl- who- the clinical the clinical part has I love that. Has to be 100%. You can't change that. You your methods are your methods, your right. your prescriptions are your prescriptions, right? Yep. But the business part, I love how you said that. It it's all risk. If you change a system What's the worst thing that could happen? You fail a client. You have to have a conversation with a client. And by the way, they'll be totally fine if you just call them and apologize and make it right. That's easy. Everybody's so stuck in the 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 ways they do things. And even if there is a better way, it's just harder to change, even if it's a better way to change. You know what I mean? It's going to save people time, money, energy, whatever, more efficiency. But they don't want to change because maybe there's that 5% failure that you were talking about. And that holds people way back, way back. And I'm a doer, I'm an executor. It's, it's why we have 60 clients uh, over uh, in the in the country right now. And it's because we go, we, we, we implement. And, and I love, I love where we're going here with this. Yeah. Well, Michael, I'm just the, like, I feel like it would be easy to do a whole um, episode just on mindset because the mindset that needs to be elevated among dentists to think more like entrepreneurs, to have more of a healthy relationship with risk management and to understand how to fail properly and fail fast and fail forward and know that it's really only a failure if you don't learn something. Um, other than that, it's just some signal of you can do something better. Here's an opportunity to improve and to keep iterating and iterating. Instead of, I have to get it right the first time. Well, in someone's mouth, you don't want to play games. I get that. And that's where there's these like two different hats, right? (laughs) Like there's this massive liability, complete excellence. It's a craft that, you know, it needs to be surgically precise. And then there's this experimentation of, you don't know 
what patients are going to respond to. You don't know what your team's going to respond to. And it's it's supposed to be much more of like a experimentation and continually evolving, learning, adapting, growing instead of like, unless I know this is going to work perfectly, I'm not going to try it. And it's like, that, that's not business. <laughs> it's, it's, it's two brains. You're a thousand. It's two brains. I would never want to be, I would never want to go to a dentist. That's just going to experiment in my mouth. I need my, I need my dentist to be 100%, not 70%. Right. Right. But, but Bezos can screw up 30% of the time and it's not someone's health. So I, I would say to you in the audience, when it comes to clinical, do not waver, be 100%. You get to trump all systems, all communication when it's clinical and it's health related. But if it's business related, fail all day long. No, I'm serious. Yep, yep. Fail all day long and try to fail and push the envelope because the folks that are doing that are crushing and um, the worst that could happen, just folks, just think about it for a second. It, it, like press pause and think about right now, think about a failure that had nothing to do with clinical, but with the business because you tried something new. What's the worst? What was the worst that happened? You had to write an apology. Maybe you lost a client out of your thousand. Okay. Well, we learned from it and we won't do that again. And, but the other 70% of the time, it was like an epic success. I'll take, you know, I'll take those successes over just the one failure all day long. 100%, 100%. The biggest failure I ever had in life as a um, business owner was like a two or three year stretch where I shot down all these ideas in the boardroom, not because the market said it was a bad idea, but just because I didn't think it would win. I didn't think it would work. And all of a sudden I'm three years later and I realized I don't know anything. Yeah. I, I haven't found out anything. Yeah. I've just hypothetically believed that this wasn't going to be an idea that would work, but I've learned nothing staying safe on the sideline, not actually trying something. Yeah. So if I can encourage you dentists out there, like learn the lessons now, like the faster you learn, the faster you can get to a place where you realize in your marketplace, in your neighborhood, um, with your brand, with your personality, what works with your team, what culture is a fit with your, your way of dentistry. And mm -hmm. that's going to make you so much more happier and fulfilled. Mm -hmm. uh, Michael, I want to know what practices are ideal for you. Like, so, so right now, if someone's listening, like what is, what is it that makes them an ideal client for you? Well, uh, I hate to say it this way because it's terrible. I want, I want to give you guys lightning, a lightning focused answer here, but my team is so robust. Um, I, we can help anybody in, in any, any place in their career. I personally tend to work with a lot of the younger docs that help them get into ownership, startup or acquisition. I have a, I have a, a really cool skill set there coming from the banking world. Okay. And then I kind of come back into it when someone's thinking about exit strategy as well. Again, thinking about the acquisition, I've sold practices. I value, I value practices every single day. Um, we've helped practices grow in, in a short period of time to get maximum dollar in sales. So front and back end tend to be my place where I stay. Now, of course, I sprinkle in my financial and marketing with, with all of the the uh, other other practices that are in the middle of their career. My team 
my partner and and the rest of my team, they have over, I think, a combined of 50 plus years in practice management, either working in an office or owning practices themselves. We can help pretty much any practice get past a plateau. So I guess from a from a team perspective, I, I hate to say it, but we've got someone that specializes in kind of each kind of department, if that makes sense. Yeah. So whether the practice is brand new or whether they're 30 years in and they're wanting to exit, they're fit for you. Whether they're stuck or whether they're crushing it, but want to level up, they're fit for you. Um, and every every single state in between is <laughs> is a fit for what you do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, we've got coaches in Ohio, Arizona. Uh, I live in Washington. Um, we, we, we've got coverage. Um, so yeah, I, I'd welcome any call. You could go to our website, schedule a complimentary, um, meeting. We'll even give you a practice analysis to show you opportunity. We'll give you all the tools. It's not high pressure at all. We honestly just want to educate or younger consultants, you know, meaning I'm not 70 years old, <laughs> right. That makes me younger. Um, there's a lot of consultants out there and there's some really great ones. Just get help folks. If, if you need that hand holding to stretch those failures, stretch um, those opportunities, because um, you can't get to the next stage without growth and stretching and failure. You just can't, you just, I think of it like working out, like you can't build muscle or lose weight without stretching and you know, breaking down the muscle so that it can rebuild. Like you just can't. So um, you need a coach, usually a trainer to push you through those things. I know it's super cliche, but truthfully, Michael Jordan had a coach. Tiger Wood had, a coach. these are amazing, amazing people. And they had someone tweaking. It's not, I, I have a coach. I'm, I'm a consultant. I have a coach. Everybody needs a coach. In my opinion, if you're trying to go to the next level. So that literally was our last podcast episode was about Dr. House and I talking about why business coaches are unbelievable because anyone that knows they want high performance, they want to push to the limits of what they're personally capable of, what their corporation is capable of, you can't get there alone. And I'm not just talking about a great team. I'm saying someone that can come alongside you and say, look, this is how you can level up. So 100%, uh, Michael, just your your energy. So again, here I am today with Michael Denzio of Next Level Consultant. So I have at least two more questions for you. Oh, um, one of them is in the introduction of um, one of your podcasts. You you say something in that little intro jingle about it's all about the patient experience. Yeah. Um, that wow factor. Could you just expound upon that? What 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 do you mean by that? Well, I I this is this business is so much a people to people business sure you're you're drilling and cutting and doing all the doctor stuff cool and then you're collecting money too cool like everybody has their jobs and the thing that's crazy to me and I didn't realize when I was a banker even though I had all these clients that are dentists how Every minute of every day, someone has a job to do in the dental office. It's crazy. It's like every 15 minutes, there's something for someone to be doing. The reality is, is if you're not creating experiences with the people that are walking through your door and you're treating them like cattle, and I mean that, like, not really. You're faking it till you make it. You got this fake smiles going on. and Everybody's pleasant, sure. But like, 
if you just don't create an experience for your patients, you're not growing. You're just kind of existing. And uh, you you need to really make impacts with the people that you're serving. That's just the bottom line. So, yeah. I love, I love that. Um, yeah, that, that is so spot on. Dentistry is in the business of dealing with people. And I tell people all the time, your, your patients have these mailbox moments where they're going through the mail and they see this new rock bottom new patient special from someone in the hood, in the community that probably is with some agency. And the whole thing is designed to break patient loyalty. Mm-hmm. And when they look at that rock bottom price, if you're a commodity to them, lowest price wins. But if they think of a face of an assistant or the office manager of the dentist or the hygienist, and they feel a connection, some engagement, some care, then it doesn't matter what this new rock bottom new patient special is because they have that sense of belonging and they will stay with your practice. But you don't want to be competing in that world of a commodity where everything's just about lowest price wins. Like that, that is not the way to differentiate and build the practice of your dreams. So no, I mean, people always talk about those damn insurance companies, fee schedules, they're cutting us again, this, that, and the other. And everybody's talking about, I'm going to get off of it. I'm going to get off of it. Do not get off of it if you don't have the confidence that you could impact a patient in a real way. If you are good at impacting people, and honestly, it doesn't take much, Sean, does it? Like for me to have that moment when I have that postcard that you're just mentioning, and for me to think of like, you know, Dr. Tom, whatever, right? My own dentist. Like yeah. I love my dentist. He's amazing. And and I know exactly why. Maybe it's how he made me feel or whatever. Maybe he touched me on the shoulder. Doesn't matter. Conversation, whatever. I have that feeling, that moment. Yeah, you're right. No dollar amount matters. And so if you, if you're trying to get off a fee for, you know, you're all about that fee, that fee, that fee that we're talking about, um, don't do it unless you can impact that patient. You're confident that you can and again, it's back to that wow factor on the podcast is like, if you're really good at that, you don't need, you don't need the insurance companies. You don't need some gimmick marketing companies to help you. You don't need, you, you touch somebody, then they tell seven people. You touch those seven people, then they tell 20 some people. I mean, mm-hmm. it literally works that way. But if you're just the white jacket and you're just walking in the room and you don't have a personality. You don't. It's fine. Everybody has their skill set. Hire people that have that skill set. Then, yep. but you got to. Don't come to me as a consultant and say I want to go off of insurance, but I don't even have a connection with you as your consultant. Like, yep. dude, or or ma'am, seriously, that's not going to happen. It's like, don't do that to yourself. I completely agree with everything you're saying. Okay, so the last question. This has to do with the future of dentistry. Now, I love innovation. I love new models. I love new uh, ways of either bringing value um, that ends up either value to the patient, value to the practice. Um, I know over the last decade, it's like there's been this you know emergence and, and growth of, of DSOs, but it doesn't seem like 100% they're just, it's going to be the new thing in like five years. I still feel like there's this solo model or the small group model but in what ways do you feel uh, like, what do you think is going to make dentistry great over the next decade? Um, That personal touch that we just talked about. I mean, private practice, I, 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 I'll say this. 
I remember when we had um, my daughter and my wife had her, her, an OBGYN that she loved, an OB, right? And it was that experience and it was high, you know, just a great experience, a great doctor, caring doctor. Da, da, da. Then we moved to Colorado. Colorado's blowing up, as you all know, demographic wise. And we landed for our son. We landed with a, a corporate group, a bigger group, let's just call it. And oh my gosh, it was straight felt like corporate because we had the experience of uh, uh, of the of Charlotte's doctor, my my, my first. Yeah, we knew exactly what that looked like. Okay, we actually fired them, of course, and transitioned to a private group. Night and day situation. So, I don't need to explain to you what the difference is there. We all know that you all have worked for them, and and now you're thinking about doing your own. Um, so, so that to me, that's why DSOs don't take over our market, our, our, our industry overnight, um, because they feel that way and you all don't. And it's that touch, it's that compassion, it's the communication, it's, um, it's, it's the community, you know, how you're impacting the community. Um, it's all of that, which is why DSOs will never be able to compete with that, even if they're the cheapest, but if you all want to play the same game they're playing and be the cheapest and it, yeah, you'll lose, you will lose that, that war because they are better at business than you period. So if you want to go uh, head to head with that business model, I'm telling you we're, we're done. Let's all fold up in this industry and let's just give it to them. But if you can impact people and, and, and charge a fair wage or, or a fee, um, we we are going to win, and I and I help we we help a hundred doctors a year get into ownership, and they're all private practice. They're all making it, you know. So, so yeah, I'm right there with you, Sean. I I don't think they're taking us over quickly, um, and it's up to you all to make those impacts with your patients. Totally agree, um, Michael. Super insightful, uh, profound, just on point. Um, just to recap, like two of the things that really stood out to me. Um, was that challenge to dentists to really develop three levels um, in their employees as leaders and to think that it's that mindset of the long game. Uh, it's going to be messy at first, but it's the true path to greatness, to excellence, to learning, and to really getting the practice of their dreams. And then the corollary is that it is all about people and not just about you know, being great to your team, but creating that um, authentic, true engagement with your patients. Because if you're not doing that, um, then again, you kind of like go into this place of just competing on numbers and you're you're not going to beat the corporate giant out there just on a numbers game. You know, their margins are better. They're more efficient. They have better systems. But when it's your ability to really um, be who you are and, and make those connections and really express that care, that that becomes the moat. Um, that really provides that uncommon value to your practice. Um, Michael, how can someone find out? Um, how can they find you? And you even said something about some assessment. Just maybe speak to that a little bit. Yes, it's simple. Like just just look us up, Next Level uh, Consultants. Maybe put dental on the front and, uh, or the back end of that Google search. But you'll land on our website. Um, and just uh, there, there, there's a meet Michael. You can literally go right on my calendar. 
Um, so I'm, I'm giving anybody free 30, 40 minutes of my time just to chit chat. You don't even have to be a client. In, in that session, if, if we decided you wanted to know more about your practice and the opportunities, we'll give you that as well. Still no commitment. Um, but if you wanted, if you're committed, and remember, we talked about this, don't hire me or anybody else if you're not willing to get uncomfortable and drive and want change. If you if you want me to do it for you, do not hire me or any consultant for that matter. So even after that practice uh, uh, analysis assessment, you find all this opportunity and it sounds great and you're all excited. But if you're not willing to like just strap up, like don't don't even do anything with it. Call me in a year or whatever. Uh, so, so yeah, get on the website, nxlevelconsultants.com, find, uh, my calendar link, schedule something. We'll do a practice analysis. And then the, 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 for all the younger docs that don't own, if there's any of you out there, check out the podcast. It's uh startup, uh, uncensored and, um, acquisition uncensored. Soon to be acquisition unscripted, unscripted. and startup unscripted. Yeah. Michael Denzio, Next Level Consultants. Thank you so much. Uh, Everybody, until next time, go out and crush it. Thank you for listening to the Authentic Dentist Podcast. To join Allison and Sean on this journey, hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Here's to your success. Express yourself fully. Live authentic. Authentic.